Good morning. Thank you for joining us today as we come together and worship God through song and through studying his word. Please stand with me if you are able as we sing. Good morning. Good morning online. So I, I thank you for joining us from whether you're here in house with us. It's good to have you here. It's a beautiful day out, beautiful day to get out. And so and I want to welcome you if you're online, whether you're watching us live today or whether you're watching us maybe later today or later this week. We're glad that you're joining with us. We come to sing together, we come to worship together, and we come to pray together. And so we're all glad that you are here. And I, I will mention this. The last couple of weeks we've shown an Annie Armstrong video. We watched the missionaries in, in churches and planting hard churches and hard places and, and sharing the gospel message. The same thing that we want to do here. They're planting churches where, and trying to reach people that haven't been reached. And honestly... Guys, I hope that we want to do the same, okay, that, that while it's great to look around and see your friends, we need to have people that aren't your friends here, okay, that aren't the other people's friends, 
that you know them, that you invite them, that you share with them the Gospel. Because what matters most in life is that they know Jesus. And so we want to do that too. We want to be like the missionaries we watch. And I will tell you this, uh, that if, if you're here and you haven't given, we'd love for you to give to the Annie Armstrong offering. That means the money goes to the North American Mission Board, goes directly to help that kind of work. There are envelopes out there, and you can put them in the offering plate that's still outside. And if you're online following with the Bible app, or in here following with the Bible app, there's a way that you can actually do that online. So I encourage you to do so. So, we want to pray this morning. Not because it's that time of the service. Right? We kind of get in the habit, oh, he's going to get up there and we can pray. I get up here and pray because it matters. We're going to read about that today. We're going to see that. We're going to sing, you know, sing about the power of God, right? And when we pray, who do we pray to? We're not praying to open space. We're not praying to the ceiling. We're not praying to the sky. We're praying to a living, risen Savior who has power beyond our comprehension. And we want to pray for those people who are on our prayer list. They might be there for some various reason. They might, they might be facing surgery. They might be recovering from surgery. They, they might be looking for a job. They might have other kinds of, of problems. And we also want to pray, again, for the people that you know, that you suspect they don't know Jesus as their Savior. And so, as we pray... I want you to think about the things that are close to your heart that you want to pray for. I want, to think about, I want you to think about that person that needs to know Jesus, and you need to know that they know Jesus. And that way you can move on to the next person and introduce them to the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity today. Father, we know that this is not falling on deaf ears or or, nor is it going to someone who cannot answer or does not have the power. But Father, we pray to You. You've instructed us to do so. To put our trust in You. Father, for the things in our life that we deal with, for the things in the life of our friends, our acquaintances, our families, the things that they deal with, they might be health, they might be emotion, they might be uh, financial, a job, whatever it is, Father, we know that You have the power to answer. And Father, most of all, Father, all those things would be great for you to take care of, but the one, the most important thing, the thing that you sent your Son for was to die on the cross so that we might have eternal life. And so, Father, I want to pause for a moment. And Father, I want, to, I want you to listen to the, to the voices of those that are here, those that are online. Father, as they, as they lift up that name of that person, Lord, Father, I just thank you. We expect answers to our prayers. We look forward and anticipate. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me again as we worship God through song and stand if you're able.
shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be All right, if you're following on the Bible app, the Scripture's there. If you're, the Scripture will be on the screen, the Scripture will be down here in the corner if you're watching online. And if you have a, a, a Bible, uh, that you, that you, a print Bible that you like to open up and carry with you because you like the feeling of paper, we're in John chapter 17. We're in John chapter 17, and you're free to take notes in all of those places. Well, you can't take them on the screen, but never mind. We'll go on there. So we're in John chapter 17. How many of you are, you know, um, they say something wrong, but John 17. So anyway, Matthew 17, sorry. (laughs) So the online audience, I have an inside group here telling me that I'm in the wrong place. And I am in the wrong place. It's Matthew chapter 17. Turn there. Can we cut that part out of tape and start over? All right. So there's my first mistake of the hour, something like that, or the last couple minutes. Anyway, Matthew 17. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Matthew chapter 17. In the Bible app, it was there. So, in the Bible app, you're going, he's wrong. So, let me try to get the rest of this right. How many of you are watching uh, the basketball tournament? It's kind of, you know, some of you are watching that, right? And uh, last night, we turned on the TV to watch Mizzou play. I mean, Daniel's an alumni of Missouri, and and Lisa, I rescued Lisa out of Missouri, and I brought her to Illinois. (laughs) 
We're not really sure how that works out. But anyway, anyway, um, so I watched the game last night, and if you watch the Missouri game, if you watch any of the games, somebody wins and somebody loses, right? Somebody has that feeling of defeat, right? That's, that's what's going on there. They have that defeated feeling. And so last night as I'm watching the game going on, and, and it, it became apparent that Mizzou was going to lose. Just not going to happen. And as they walked out of the, the court, you know, there's not very many fans there. There are some there. Uh, it's not like usual, but as they're walking back to the locker rooms, one set was walking back really, really excited about it because they got to play later. The Missouri team was walking out of there pulling their jerseys over their head. I mean, really, that. That works out. I will tell you that, that when I ran track back in high school, it's been a long time, but, but even before that, in in sixth grade, they had some kind of track meet at the high school, and, and I showed up to run, and I got second place, but I felt defeated. There was only two of us, okay? <laughs> I came home, I came home with a ribbon, okay? I got a ribbon to come home. Oh, you got second place. Yeah, I got second place. Well, what's the matter? There was only two of us, Okay. And I'm not even sure I finished on the same lap he did, all right? So, so that's that kind of deal. When I ran track I, in, my senior, in, my, in my sophomore year, the, the year before I, had, I was running with all seniors, and we set the school record, and we won a lot of the meets. When I end up in my junior year, it's me and three new guys. And, and I will tell you that I was the fastest. So when you're in a relay race, the fastest guy gets to go last. They hand him the baton to last because you want the good finish. When they handed me the baton, we were always a half a lap behind. It's like, what do you want me to do? I, w I would, I, in the triangular meets, I would, I would watch ahead to see if they would, if the two guys running next to one another, like I was supposed to be with them, I would see if they would like trip over one another. Never did. They eventually moved me to the front so that at least for a leg, we were, we were ahead. Anyway, so we get that feeling. Of, do you ever feel defeated? Finishing second. Um, you didn't get the promotion. Uh, you, you do that comparison thing. We don't do comparisons, do we? To other people. Yeah, you know, the Facebook thing. Well, look at how wonderful their life is. And we feel defeated. You're driving around in your old Chevy and your neighbor's pulling up there with a new boat and a new pickup truck. And, and you, you've walked through the lot and realized pickup trucks go for $70,000 today, more than some of you paid for your house, right? You feel defeated because you compare and you, well, I, don't, I, I can't do that. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we feel defeated. A lot of reasons why... We don't feel, you know, we, we, you know, somebody walks up to you and says, what's wrong? It's usually because we're in some state of defeat. Something is, has not happened the way that we think it ought to. We, we're not walking out of the gym victorious. We're walking, in, we're walking through life and, and something hasn't gone right. Something isn't right. Uh, she didn't say yes. You know, whatever it might be. 
whatever you were looking for in the mail didn't show up. Whatever happened, you know, the old Charlie Brown thing, the redhead didn't send you the Valentine card. And you feel that defeat. We're walking through this, this transition that Jesus is making. You realize Resurrection Sunday is two Sundays away. Next Sunday is what we celebrate. It's Palm Sunday. So Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is making his way to the cross. And Jesus is making his way out of the grave. Now we know that. Spoiler alert, right? We know the story that he's risen from the grave. That's why we celebrate what we call Easter, what I like to call Resurrection Sunday, because that's what it's about. The disciples, as they're walking along with Jesus, even though he's told them the end of the story, he's given them the spoiler alert, they don't understand. And we, we, we look at the disciples as we read along, and it's like, you guys, how could you not get that, right? That's how we feel. You understand that feeling of defeat? The disciples understood it too. The disciples understood it too. Let's pick it up here in, Ma- in Matthew 17, verse 14. Verse 14. You want to flip the slide there? Okay. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And while they were gathering together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man, is going to be delivered into the hands of men. And they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were deeply grieved. Let's walk through this narrative so that we understand what's going on. It says in the beginning of that passage you read, he came, they came to the crowd. Okay, the, who, what's going on here? If you're reading along in John 17, at the early part of the chapter, you'll see the header up there. It's called the Transfiguration. So Peter, James, and John, and Jesus go up on a mountain. We guess at which mountain it is, but anyway, they went up on a mountain. And while they're on the mountain, in this mountain experience, it's Peter, James, and John, and Jesus up here, and the rest of the disciples have been left behind. So while they're up in the mountain, Jesus begins to talk with Moses 
and Elijah. And the voice of God speaks to them while they're on the mountain. I mean, what a glorious experience. They want to respond and build tabernacles to, to all three of them. They don't, but that's what they want to do. They want to, you got to do something, right? This is really, this is, this is really cool. This is really unexpected. This is a miracle to see Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus. That ends. The voice of God speaks, and then Jesus tells them not to tell this to anyone until after his resurrection. Of course, they really don't figure that out. So in that, they leave that experience. Imagine being Peter, James, or John. I mean, I just saw Moses and Elijah. I want to tell people. I mean, I want to, I want to you know, you, it's, it's what we call a mountaintop experience, right? I mean, it truly is. Here's the guys you've read about, the guys that you looked up to. And, and, and Jesus is there talking with them, and you get to, to watch what's going on. That makes it pretty special. Well, they, they, they come down from that, and they came to the crowd. And that crowd is gathered around with the other nine disciples where this father brought his son, and it described this in the, in the passage of Scripture that we read as a lunatic. Some of, that, some of the other translations uh, call it epileptic, okay? And, and he has epilepsy. And it throws him into the fire, it throws him into the water. And, 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 and that's what Jesus walks in on. He's, he's this crowd gathering around to see what's going to happen. Now, when Jesus comes down from that mountaintop experience, he finds out from the Father that they, because he comes up to him and falls down on his knees, and he explains the situation. Hey, I brought my son to your disciples. And they could not cure him. They could not cure him. They tried. It's interesting to know, if you follow the story in the Gospels, Jesus has already sent out the disciples. And if you read that, it's kind of been passing, but they, they, can't, they don't give specifics, but it says they cast out demons. They'd already done that. But at this point, when this man brings, he doesn't wait for Jesus because he's already heard that these guys could cast out demons. He brings his son to get healed and it doesn't happen. And maybe with a little bit of frustration, he comes to Jesus and tells the story. And of course, Jesus casts out the demon the boy is healed. Now we, we, we transition in the story. We transition in the story because the crowd now disperses. Or Jesus and his disciples walk away it's not really clear, but it says at a point when they were alone with Jesus, they questioned him. Remember that, that feeling of defeat? Remember that feeling of defeat? This is a feeling of defeat. The disciples come to him and say, why couldn't we do that? Why could we not do that? 
Seems like an obvious question. If you've done this already, and you have the, 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 the Father's brought him to you, and you're like, okay, we got this. We have done this before, and they walk through the same process they did, they did prior to that, and it doesn't work. And Jesus shows up, and he, of course, casts the demon out. They want to ask Jesus, why couldn't we do that? You know, it's kind of like their heads are hung. Mizzou's going to watch the, the game film to figure out why they lost the game to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, whichever they lost, right? That's what you do. You review that. You don't just walk away from it. You ask the question, what led to our loss? They are standing there in front of Jesus going, why couldn't we do that? Why could we not do that? And Jesus tells them this. In that, in that he talked about the littleness of their faith. The idea that they, they lacked faith. And in this, this is what's key. He says, Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, here you are sitting in defeat. You, have you ever shared your story? Somebody asks, what's wrong? And you begin to go through your, your sad story. Right? Blues, despair, and agony on me. Boy, you just lay it out there. And you tell this woeful story of whatever it might be. You know, why I didn't get the promotion? Why I didn't get the raise? Um, you know, why you got second in the race with only two people in it? You tell that story. And the other person looks at you, pats you on the knee, says, it'll be okay. And they walk off, right? What? You know, I want, I want to know how to fix it. I want to know how not to be, you know, you can't just look at me, it'll all be okay. Trust me. And, and, and Jesus says to them, nothing will be impossible for you. Look, we just couldn't do that. Yeah, that feeling of defeat lingers. It lingers with them because they couldn't do something. So, you transition the story just a little bit further. And I don't know, it doesn't tell us. It tells us while he's still in Galilee, is that while... At the conclusion of this conversation, or is that a new conversation? Matthew puts it all together for us. The transfiguration, the fact that they couldn't cast out the demon, Jesus responds to that. And then Jesus tells them that they need to go to Jerusalem. He needs to go to Jerusalem. And he's going to be delivered up to the hands of men, and they're going to kill him. And he's going to be raised on the third day. He's going to be raised on the third day. Flip that slide over there. He's going to be raised on the third day. Now Jesus has told them this prior. This is the second time we've seen him use that exact wording. There are other places he talks about at the transfiguration. He talks about being resurrected. But he didn't talk about the, the timeline, the third day. So it's a process that he's repeated again to tell them that he would die, but that he would be raised. 
When you and I read raised on the third day, what does that mean? What rolls through your head? A rolled stone, right? You, you know, I always say that, that, that if I know, if they knew what we know, they'd have set bleachers up outside of the grave. They'd have had popcorn and milk duds and soda. And they'd have been waiting there in the bleachers, staring at a stone going, three days, any time now, any, any, any time now, that stone's going to roll away, and you're going to yell, hey, Jesus, welcome back, right? I mean, that's what, you, that's what you and I think of. That's how it resonates with us. When they heard raised on the third day, they didn't hear raised on the third day. They heard killed. Killed means dead. Grave means dead. And how do they respond? That verse ends with this. They were deeply grieved. They were deeply grieved. Flip that slide. They were deeply grieved. That's how they That's their emotions. They're listening to Jesus. We're going to go to Jerusalem. You're going to hand, I'm going to be handed over to the hands of men. He's elaborated on that a little bit. He's going to elaborate on that and clarify a little bit more later. But he is prophesying to them what's going to happen. They listen, and they hear he's going to be delivered over the hands of men, and he's going to be killed. That's what they hear. So they have this, this deep feeling of defeat, this, this feeling of defeat. Here's what they think of. They think about life without Jesus. Think about life without Jesus. With Jesus, the demons cast out, the voice healed, everybody goes away happy. Without Jesus' presence, what happens? They get frustrated. They get defeated. The demons laughing at them inside of the boy and throwing the boy all over the place. You guys are going to do what to me? Ha! They can't do that. They feel defeated. So in their mind, without Jesus, they're defeated. They lose. They also think of Jesus as what? A Messiah that's going to come back and restore the earthly reign. And all of a sudden the Romans aren't going to be in power, but this king, this Messiah is going to be in power. We're going to have a great army. And we're going to be like the times of David and Solomon. And that's not what Jesus is going to do. And when he dies, all of that comes to an end. The ice cream cone, the ice cream fell off of your cones. What happens, right? You're staring at it. And the dreams of what you wanted is, has been dashed. And they had that feeling without Jesus, nothing that they wanted would happen. And I'm telling you, we, we have that choice, don't we? To live life without Jesus. We have that choice. But listen to this. Instead of feeling defeat, they should have felt victory. That raised on the third day is a victory unlike any other victory, right? When we understand, when we understand what Easter is all about, when we understand what the resurrection is about, they didn't just bury him in the grave and oh, he wasn't, he wasn't really dead. He died. And in that death, that amazing grace that we talk about, that we sing about, 
He overcame death. Death was victorious in everybody else's life. But death was not victorious over Jesus because he walked out of the grave. That's what, we, that's what we need to understand. And so it wasn't life without Jesus. It is life with Jesus. I'm reading in Acts, and I've also read in John. That might have been why I made that mistake at the beginning. Anyway, I'll explain that away. But anyway, I, I you know, just forgot where we're at. But I've been reading in Acts. And I'm like in the sixth chapter today. I read in the sixth chapter today. Got another reading plan that I'm reading through. But in the fifth chapter, it's Peter and John, I believe, who were thrown in, in jail. Here's what I find. Then I ran to read. When I'm standing here, they don't want to lose Jesus because they feel that like that's a defeat. But when they realized that it wasn't defeat, that that raise on the third day was victory over death and the power of the Spirit, the power of Jesus and everyone who is a believer. That's you and I, right? When I read in the book of Acts, they don't say, man, I wish Jesus was here with us. They don't have to because they realize that Jesus is with them. Now, I want to I ask you this question. Which do we want to choose? Which do we want to choose? Because here's how life works. When given the choice, would you like to have Jesus walking beside you? We might actually say yes. I'd love to have Jesus in front of me. I'd love to be able to look Him in the eyes. And, and, and I want you to know that the disciples who looked him in the eyes, who broke bread physically with him, they never longed to have him back in a physical presence. Because they know that the power of a resurrected Jesus and the Holy Spirit working inside of you and me, the believer, is far greater than the physical Jesus. Think about that. Nothing impossible for you. It's not because of their ability. It's because of the ability of the one who lived inside of them. Who works through them to speak to the masses on the day of Pentecost in languages that they'd never spoke to so that everybody could hear the word of Jesus and hear the gospel message. And they had the opportunity to repent even though they weren't from Jerusalem. They spoke in another tongue. But those, the, the, the Holy Spirit came down and did that miraculous thing. And those disciples who became apostles went on to preach. And those guys, without the physical presence of Jesus Christ, but with the spirit presence of Jesus Christ, changed the world. Not because of their abilities, but because of the Jesus living in them. We feel defeated over a lot of things. My guess is that we don't really recognize 
tap into, allow the Spirit to live through us. When He told His followers that He would be raised on the third day, it wasn't defeat, it was victory. And Christ wants us to live in victory over the power of sin. That sin is like chains, right? My chains are gone. You have been set free from the power of sin. You are victorious until you return. Until you want to go back to your Egypt. We need to see what the disciples walked through. Recognize where they would go. And we need to go there with them. To allow the Spirit to work through us in a way that has never happened with us before, just to to give that over. To begin to to live life to glorify Him. What would happen if we as believers really lived like believers? Not defeated by the world, not defeated by the culture, but living in the power of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I, I pray, Lord, and You would forgive me turning back to the sin. But Father, help me to live a life in victory. Father, allowing You to live through me. The Spirit to work through me as, as it did with the apostles. Father, not to stand in defeat because You're not here with me, but to stand in victory because You are in me. Father, I pray that Lord, of these that listen, Father, move our hearts, move our minds. And Father, knock on our doors, speak to us. Father, help us to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we sing, we're going to stand. If you want to come and pray, you want to make a decision of some kind and need to talk to me, we'll talk to one another. If If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, You don't have the power of the Spirit in you. You're online. You don't know the power of Jesus. You're not saved. I'd encourage you to reach out and and just accept Jesus as your Savior. To ask Him to forgive you, to accept Jesus, is that simple? There's a lot more to it, but I'd love to talk to you about that. So messages on the page, come and talk to me here.
unstained he washed it white as snow Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as crimson stain he washed it white as snow Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for being here today. I want you to turn to the person next to you just for practice. and Maybe just shout it out forward, okay? Have you read? Right? What we want to do is read, right? You can do that at home. Here's the scripture for the have you read. We're in Hebrews. We're going to read Matthew. We're going to finish up Proverbs. We're going to read John. All right? So let's encourage one another to read. Let's change our lives by being in the Word every day, just a little bit at a time. Every day we can get His Word and read and be drawn in Him. So thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us online.